Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Love of Life podcast, and it's just me and you tonight. Are you excited? I am. Good. Christian education. Because it serves him who says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. Is the love of life. This is the Love of Life podcast. Conversations with Jesse and Courtney. So one of the things that we've talked about is our podcast is not, of course, just on YouTube. Some people don't really like to use YouTube or for podcasts in particular. A lot of people will use Spotify, iTunes, other places where they stream. So we're pretty much everywhere. Um, True. Yeah, so we're not just on YouTube. We've talked to some people lately, and they're like, oh, no, we, we I don't ever watch it. We just listen to it on Spotify. We don't care how you listen to it. If you want to watch it on YouTube, if you stream it through iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. But did want to make a note of that, at least right up front, that our podcast is, of course, not just here on YouTube. It is elsewhere. You do not have to watch if you do not want to. You can just listen. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Okay, so we've had a lot of interviews in the past several weeks, mm-hmm. which have been, uh, you know, they've been great. Yeah. A lot of disparate people, too. So we had George Grant. True. We had Mike and Molly talking about their experience into more of a reformed world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had, we recently had Paul McCusker on from Adventures in Odyssey. That was a lot of fun. Who else did we have? Oh, we had uh, Garrison Hardy. Oh, that's right. From Cross Politic. Are we missing anyone? I feel like there was one more that we did. Uh, did was there another one? I think there was, but I can't think of who. You can't think of who? I can't. Why? <clears throat> you always can think of who we've <laughs> talked to. I think they've been <clears throat> that disconnected. They've all been so different. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> Mark Rush Juni. We had Mark Rush Jr. on, and we also have had uh, Jeffrey Jr. on again to talk finances, economy, uh, not politics, but yeah, finances, money, all the good stuff. Yes. With that. So, yeah. What were some of your takeaways? What were some of the things? Just highlight whatever you want to. Highlight one, a few. What were some of the things that you enjoyed? Okay. Well, about Paul McCusker. Okay. Paul McCusker. I could talk about probably any of them, but Paul McCusker, that was a lot of fun. It was. So if you missed that one, he is a writer, was a writer for a number of years for Adventures in Odyssey, and he's also done other radio theater like Father Gilbert, um, which we love. And so, yeah, to get to talk to him, not only was the content fun because of what he worked on for so long and that we personally enjoy, but him as a person um, he was just very, very down to earth and you can tell he's very people focused. Like when Eden woke up and we brought her in, he's like totally stopped his train of thought to say, who, who is that? Who, who is that person there? Just his mindfulness of people. And actually one of my favorite parts was not on camera. At the very end, we asked him if our sons could come out and meet him because they're huge adventures and Odyssey fans yeah. and they did. And he talked to us for a good long time. And at one point, 
one of our kids was like doing this weird thing with his hand like in front of the camera like almost one of those moments where as a parent you're like what are you doing like (laughs) that's kind of strange but instead of like ignoring it or thinking it was strange Paul McCusker was like hey hey what are you what are you doing like he really wanted to understand what he was doing. Yeah. And then our son's like, well, I was trying to figure out if I could put my hand in, like if I could go through the camera because the side-by-side video of us and Paul McCusker, he was trying to see if he could reach his hand across the screen. And wouldn't it be cool if his hand showed up there in Paul McCusker's room that he was sitting and like he could touch him. So it was fascinating and interesting to me that Paul McCusker wouldn't miss that. That yeah. he would see that moment, that he would see a child doing something kind of quirky and strange and realize there was something probably really thoughtful and imaginative behind it. And there was. Yeah. So that was kind of one of those moments of, oh, yeah, do we really like take note when right. our kids are doing strange things and really enter into their world and see what they're doing? Because sure. it's probably not strange. It's probably something that's very creative and, and I would think I would think if you've been a writer for 30 plus years or so for a kid's program... You're in that kind of world and psyche of thinking, yeah. like, oh, I'm dealing with a kid here. I mean, it's probably just very natural for him to engage yes. with that audience. So, yes. Yeah. No, he was, he was really great. He was really great. He was just great. So really behind, kind. you know, our interview was with him. It was excellent. He told some great stories, great he anecdotes. He, is, he was a pleasure to talk to. But really the last 20 minutes of after the interview was over, too was just as pleasurable um, and bringing our kids out and then having the boys meet him. And, yeah. yeah, him and asking questions and picking their brains. Like, that was, yeah, neat. But also, right, in the interview, it was great talking to him. Just some of the impact that the show has had on people throughout the years, him getting to see that, tell some behind-the-scenes stories and listeners and some of their responses. Yeah. Um, and then even just the beginning of it, starting it, what that was like, doing something different, knowing you're going out on a limb, not having any idea if it's going to be a big deal, if people will tune in or not, but just creating it. And then obviously we now know just a big, the big thing that it's become. Right. Um, and for how many decades right. it's been going. And I didn't ask, going. I did not ask him this on the podcast, but I kind of wanted to. Uh, there were so many questions, but one of them was, uh, is is Odyssey the longest tenured running show or program mm-hmm. out there, like of all time? Because 1987 is when it started. Wow. So I don't know what year The Simpsons started, that popular <laughs> TV show, but that's been around for quite a while, too. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I think Odyssey might. I don't quote me on this, but I do think Odyssey might be the longest running show. Mm. of uh in a successful show at that yeah um so yeah one other thing he pointed out that we've talked about a few times since was that your kids don't announce the Mm. last time of things um like the last time his kids wanted to listen to adventures and odyssey there was no like big flat hey dad we have this is gonna be our last one just kind of happens without noticing so like i've paid attention to that sense of oh my gosh like there will come a day where I don't tuck the kids in to bed. Like that time will be too, they'll outgrow it. They'll just go to bed when they're, you know, like I won't have that moment. So like treasuring these moments that are fleeting that feel like they're not like they, your two year old's not always going to want you to hold them. Like there comes a time and there's no big fanfare. It's just 
one day they stop saying, hold me. Like, it yeah. keeps you treasuring all the little things. And, um, yeah. So yeah. that was very, for kids that are getting older and even that are grown, like someday the kids won't live at our house. Yeah. Like, all of those things to just take them, take stock of it. To enjoy it thoroughly in the moment. I mean, obviously it's good and it's great that they grow up and they move out and they start their own families, but we can, they're so normal. It's so ordinary. It's so everyday. You can forget that that's not always going to be that way. Whatever season you're in feels like, well, this is just life now. And when it changes, sometimes it happens so subtly you don't notice, but you look around and you go, oh, wow. Yeah, we're not doing this anymore or that child's not into that anymore. It's a new season. It's yeah. something different. So, Yeah. And people told us before we even had kids, it's like the p- parental mantra is, oh, it's going to go by really fast. Once you start having kids, you'll see. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, you know, we have an almost 12-year-old. It's, it flies. I mean, 12 years has flown incredibly fast. So, yeah, taking stock of, of every day, um, or at least most days, Maybe not every day. That's realistically taking stock of moments and times where you really do slow down and you go, this season is not going to last forever. Uh, Diapers are really not forever. I mean, (laughs) for us, it's been in waves because we had three and it felt like diapers really were going to be forever. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, they all grew out of it. They all were potty trained. Oh, it's all good. And then now with two other little, little ones, it's like, oh, we're back in that season again. But we know it doesn't <laughs> last forever. So this go around, this sort of, uh, 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 what, what is it? Um, litter. Baby, lit- I was going to say, <laughs> baby's part two. I was going to say litter. It feels like a litter of kids that we uh, currently have. Um, like two rounds. Yeah. 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 It, but it, it doesn't. It does. It really does not last forever. Yeah, it doesn't. So the good and the, good and the bad, the hard and the easy, yeah. it really does all, it is all seasonal. Yeah, so you learn and you grow in the hard, and then you just enjoy all the good. Yeah. Um, so aside from Paul McCusker, which was a great interview, some stuff really stands out from George Grant as mm-hmm. well. Um, I wanted him to tell the story of the church that yes. took 400 years to build, which he did tell. It's mm-hmm. a great story, so go back and listen. It's worth the listen just for that. But he also told a story about a library at a college. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what college? I no, I don't remember okay. the college. Um, so you'll have to listen to that whole story too, because I will botch all the details. But the thing that he pointed out was this library had been going at this school for however many years, like several hundred, mm-hmm. and it was going to need repair. There were these big, huge wooden beams. Should I just retell the story? Just retell well, the I story. Am. You're already retelling the story. Um, <laughs> there's huge wooden beams and they were like huge from huge oaks, like just massive trees and they were going to need to have them replaced. Well, they were reaching out to people like all across the world, trying to see where they could source like oaks big enough to replace these huge beams in this library that made it so beautiful. And they, they couldn't, they, there just was not enough trees big enough for this project and then finally somebody pulls up the original plans and like if you looked out from the library like lining this drive on the college on either side were these enormous oak trees because when the people made the plans and built the library they had a 500 year plan they planted those trees when they built the library so that in 500 years 
when those beams would need to be replaced, those trees would be big enough for it. And so just the the long-term vision for where this earth is going, the Lord's plans, that we as Christians are building. We're not just like trying to get by, live our life the best we can, and then Jesus take us home. Like we're supposed to build. We're supposed to plant. We're supposed to pour into our children, our communities. We're supposed to preach the gospel and share, and we're supposed to do things. Um, We're a part of God's kingdom coming in this earth and it being more and more um, the land and the people of the land serving God. Mm -hmm. That is something that we help bring about um, through our lives, through our work, through our effort. But to have that long-term vision of um, what can we do? What can we build? What's lasting? And obviously souls are lasting. So pouring into our families, but not just thinking about, well, my little life and then when it's over, but to think about the generations that come after us, to think about our children's children and our children's 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 children in how we live and what we do and what we teach our children. Yeah. Um, that long view is something that we've thought a lot about. And yeah. I, I love that story. Yeah. Like who, who does that? Who is thinking about 500 years from now yeah. and your life in light of 500 years from now? Yeah. I have one great, great uncle who wrote a journal mm. that we've gone through before, mm-hmm. and um, it's really good. It's really sweet, and there's just various stories he tells throughout his life, meeting his wife, having children, um, basic Fishing. things. Yeah, but you know, he didn't just sit down and write it for his kid or his kid's kid. He even has at the very beginning that this is to his descendants. This is to his, this is to future posterity. So what he had in mind was a long-term range vision that was not just about him and his life and his time. He, he, he was looking to the future, which is, what is that? Very Hebrews-like, where it talks yeah. about he's looking towards the, the, you know, towards the future, towards the reward. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that was Moses in Egypt, right? I'm thinking of, but, um, the other uh, thing is, so there's that journal that makes me think, wow, that's really great. Out of all the, <laughs> out of all of ancestors that I've had, that I know of at least, there's one journal that has been kept mm-hmm. by someone with the end goal in mind to present it to future generations. Um, and, you know, the other sort of picture that I've had in my head in the last year or so is, you know, we have a long table mm-hmm. where we sit and we have dinner Every night, and I think, and I wanted one, one night we were sitting there, and I thought, okay, so I'll have my wife, I have my kids, but one day my kids are going to grow up, and they're going to bring significant others and future spouses to the table, and then they're going to bring their children to our home, and then you know, if we're really blessed, we're going to see their children's children, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I thought was, it really is to a thousand generations, and I thought all of a sudden that. The, the table that's long right now, I thought of this sort of Walt Disney almost picture where the table went, woof, and it's super long. And there's all these people after us whose names we don't even know, who, who we're not going to meet in this life, who, well, what can we do not only to influence and discipline our own children, um, and what is... Uh, what, what did we read once? That when you discipline your children, you're really disciplining your grandchildren. 
Thank you, be- Doug Wilson. Because of how you discipline them. It's how they're going to discipline their own, most likely at least, I think as a good principle. Um, but yeah, that, that, that picture of the table just ever expanding outward has uh, stayed, stayed with me. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Okay, so the other thing George Grant talked about was poetry. I realize that's not necessarily everybody's favorite subject or whatever. George loves it. And I, <laughs> I, I knew that before the interview, of course, because I know a lot about George. Um, I love poetry, but uh, we he, he did recommend a book, the mm-hmm. Oxford Book of English, English Verse, uh, written a little over 100 years ago. So we bought that and started going through it. And it's really good. Not like every poem, you know, not, not every poem is uh, graspable. Mm-hmm. Like there's some really old English that I'm struggling with as I'm reading, but there's been some really, really good poems in this yeah. so far. Um, and we're getting a lot out of it and we're incorporating it in our morning time routine. Mm-hmm. So we're reading one or two very short little poems a day and you know, it's, it's, it's really good. It is. And I think a thing with poetry also is that on repeat is better. <laughs> Um, it's easier you get more the more that you listen to the same poem or read the same poem over and over like there's a lot that's easy to cut to miss because it's so much in few words often um so sometimes when one of us like one from the morning read that one again let's Mm -hmm. read that for a couple days yeah um because you just grow to like it more and more yeah that's true anything else you want to highlight uh from the past interviews or things that you thought of any takeaways? They were all, they were all different, which I really loved. Mm-hmm. We talked to some very different people, different stories. Um, yeah, Mike and really Molly good. are so sweet, and yeah. talking to them and just seeing the Lord's hand and leading them. We've had a very similar um, path and just understanding that we've gone through. So that was yeah. really great to hear yeah. how the Lord did that with them, and they're doing really well. And yep, yeah, yep. Garrison Hardy is very well spoken. Mark Rush Juni, that was a true honor to be able to talk great. to Mark. Yeah. Um, the influence that his father specifically has had on us has been tremendous. So to have his, to have him on was really, really great. Uh, and then who else? We've already discussed Paul. Yeah, I think that was all. Yeah. Anything for you else that stuck out? Those are kind of the big ones. I those were, those were the big things. Yeah. Those were the big things. Okay, so you recently... Shifting over. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you recently had a birthday. I did. You recently had a birthday, and you had actually a really cool thought. I want to say, I want to use the word epiphany. I don't know if that's... It was amusing. If, okay, amusing is probably better than epiphany amusing. here. Amusing, yeah. yeah. I think just through, through my birthday, um, just kind of the recognition that birthdays are something that everyone celebrates. It's not just Christians, non-Christians, businesses will wish you a happy birthday, give you a percent off. Like, it's, it's a thing. It's, um, and it's widely acknowledged. It's not just like, as Christians, we're the only ones that celebrate birthdays. It is a special day. What are they really celebrating? Like, they're celebrating your birth, that you were born, your coming into being day, a human emerging into the world is a big deal. That day that you were born, something special happened. And so special that year after year, you're celebrating that event again. Mm-hmm. On your birthday, you're celebrating the fact that you were born into this world. Like that it matters. 
And it was just delighting me that <laughs> it is a thing that everyone sees. It's like, even if you don't know the one true God, you can't help because you're created by him and in his image to know that that's a special thing. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, you don't, we as Christians have like the consistency to understand why it's important. We know that God made us. We know that something um, special has happened. We can account for why we celebrate, why it's a time that you should enjoy and have presence and um, party a little. We know why. It's logically consistent with our understanding of the God who made the world, who specially and uniquely makes each and every person. Um, And even though non-Christians can't account for why they celebrate, they can't help but be logically inconsistent and celebrate anyway. Mm-hmm. Like they can recognize it's special, even though they have no reason for it, especially if they, if they don't believe in a personal loving God who um, is responsible for all things, who knit them together in their mother's womb. If they just believe that you're random and you're here by chance and it's there's no overarching plan there's no significance to that you're just kind of here they have no reason to celebrate it what does Mm -hmm. it matter if we're just a product of evolution who cares that you're here another year who cares that there was a day that you were born but it is special it Mm -hmm. is special because god has made the world in such a way so yes i was just getting a kick out of it like wow like just the acknowledgement of it it so points to our creator and that is it's just making me really glad. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a really great take, and we talked about it for a while. Yeah, that was really good. And some people think, you know, some people think they're stars, as if mm. the stars could somehow bring them luck or the fact that they're alive or sort of account for our being, or they'll thank Mother Nature, mm. right? That's a big thing where people, oh, my, you know, Mother Nature, I just want to thank, you know, whatever. It's just, it's so dumb. <laughs> It's so silly to thank Mother Nature. And what I read in Orthodoxy mm-hmm. by G.K. Chesterton, I thought Chesterton made a, uh, a very significant point. He said, um, he said, the main point of Christianity was this, that nature is not our mother. Nature is our sister. We can be proud of her beauty since we have the same father. But she has no authority over us. We have to admire but not imitate. So it's like, yeah. of course, we, we we can admire the beauty of nature and how great and grand and wonderful it is, but there is an ultimate personal creator who gave you your birthday. Uh, you know, yeah, essentially, yeah. the reason why you're in existence is because, really, ultimately, he willed you into existence. He planned and ordained. Yeah, and so isn't that interesting that even if you don't know that God or you reject him, you want to thank someone. Gratitude yeah. is in order. Hey, it's my birthday. It's time to celebrate. Or it's your loved one's birthday and like you want to be thankful. I'm so glad you're here. I'm grateful that you're alive. Like yeah. they don't have anyone to direct it to. We have the personal God to direct it to, to say this is where our Thanksgiving and our joy comes in because you gave us life. You gave us another year. Um, but yet they want to. That inclination yeah. to me is the exciting part. Yeah. That they have that inclination, even yeah. if it's misplaced. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, anything else? Um, that's all for now. That's all for now. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Love of Life podcast, Conversations with Jesse and Courtney. 
it is our duty through our schools to create a new one, a God-centered one. We are told in Proverbs 8, verses 35 and 36, For whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. 